Wow, I just enjoy just the, the praise and the worship of God in this place. I mean, it's amazing. You know, uh, you know, we've been praying about this for a long time. Uh, you know, 2017 is when we started this congregation. Some of you, I see a lot of familiar faces, and it's a joy to see you continuing your faith walk with the Lord. How many of you know it's a faith walk, right? And, you know, just enjoy seeing you guys. And I remember standing in this building right before the pandemic and with, uh, you know, Principal Todd and, and walking around with Wade, and we say, oh, we can have service in this place. And, and then the pandemic hit, you know? But God is, how many know God is faithful? He's faithful. He already gave the vision already. See, it's not on your time, it's on his time. He's going to fulfill that vision. And uh, see, Al and Steph, and, you know, just, uh, the different ones here, Abu, Coach Abu, and, you know, just love seeing everyone here today. And uh, so I come today with, just to encourage you folks today uh, in the Lord, just uh, understanding that, you know, God is doing something great here. I'm, I'm, I'm talking today about made in persecution. I mean, you know, your life to be made in greatness it's not made always when everything's going good. It's actually made when you're in the fiery furnace, when you're in the trial of life. And, you know, you cannot have a triumph until you go through a trial. You know, you cannot have a testimony until you go through some testing time. Well, I want to talk to you about made in persecution. Tell the person next to you, you are made for greatness. Okay, now come on, say, say it like you really believe it. You are made for greatness. See, when God made you, he threw away the mold. You are truly a one of a kind. And you can take that positive or negative, but you are truly a one of a kind. Okay? But, um, you know, so we, we're talking about made for greatness, but we, we're talking about David. He had a heart after God. How I many you know David wasn't perfect? You're going to find out later on he made a lot of mistakes, just like you and I. But we can relate to him. Because he was a man after God's heart. And so even though he made mistakes, God would always work in his life. And, um, you know, I just thank God for Pastor Wade and Ray rising up, you know, leading the charge out here in Kapolei. I'm so, I'm so grateful. I remember when we started this thing, I was thinking, oh, who's going to take over? You know, Coach, can I be doing Highlands and, you know, Kapolei at the same time? And, and God knew the timing when they came in. And uh, Wade and Ray, I know them a long time, so I'm just, I'm just so proud of them. Now we're doing something in Tacoma with Mark, and I'm just so excited about that. But I, I want to talk to you today. Again, the, the, you know, God prepares us for his purpose through challenging situations. Those of you watching online, I want to encourage you, including mistreatment and persecution. How we respond to the abuse of others will determine our future. After David killed Goliath, he became Israel's hero. But the current king, Saul, became immensely jealous and tried to kill David. You see, my first point here, God's presence and favor in our lives often stirs up jealousy, hatred, and mistreatment from others. You see, when you have the presence and the favor of God, People who are in the flesh or walking in the flesh around you and just living for the flesh, they have a hard time with you. See, you're not going by the flesh. You're going by the Spirit of God. And somehow there's a contradiction in their mind. So what happened? They may come against you in an attack or persecution. 
And you see all through the Bible, the people of God were persecuted. But we find in this story, I'm going to read in 1 Samuel 18, verse 6 to 16. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels, you know, the, the tambourine and lars, lars, are they dance, as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands. He thought, but me with only a thousand? Only thousands? What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. I think David was an athletic guy. You know, he kind of eluded him. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw, saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. See, Saul interpreted in the worst possible light when he heard the women singing about him slaying only a thousand and David tens of thousands. And what it did was it kind of uh, surfaced the insecurity that was in Saul. See, Saul wasn't about empowering the next generation. He was just thinking about him and his generation. You see, the whole thing about pro-side church is never just about one generation. It's about the next generation. It's actually about multiple generations. As I look across this crowd, we see people of all ages. We see young people, and I saw them earlier. They went out probably to the court now to have their time. And then you see mature people. There's no old people, just mature people. <laughs> but see, what happened is he took it the wrong way. And he was suspicious of David. Now, the rest of the book you read, it's a description of Saul attempting more and more openly to get rid of David. He, he was chasing David down. See, as David's success increases, Saul's jealousy increases. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. You see, you, you see what David's going through is something that he didn't deserve. And you may be here today, you, you've gone through some mistreatment or, or persecution, and you say, well, I don't really deserve this. Well, we can look at David's life and what he did. You see, because if you look at the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3.12, you can take that down, it's not in the notes. You say, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Okay, so persecution is part of the Christian life. See, a lot of times you just want to, oh, I want everything smooth, sailing, you know, bed of roses, just walk in the park. No, no, that's not the Christian life that the Bible teaches. You're going to come against persecution. People are going to attack you, come against you. But how you respond to that is very important. You know, when you're being persecuted, the first thing about what we need to do is 
uh, to realize that when we're being persecuted or we're, being, we're going through suffering, in, in Philippians 3.10, you actually identify with Christ. See, we like to identify in the power of God. How I many want the power of God in our lives? Come on now. We want the power. But you see, there's also the sufferings of God. And when you get the power, but we have the sufferings where we can identify with Christ's sufferings. So when we go through a time of persecution and suffering, you can identify with Christ. Secondly, uh, a Christian persecution is good for believers because James tells us in James 1 and 2 that uh, uh, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. For, the, for the, the trials of your faith is actually to build perseverance in you. See, some of us, God just wants to make us strong. Yeah? Whatever you're facing, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger in God. God wants his people to be strong. Yeah, we go through trials. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, God uh, would not allow any temptation or trials that was beyond our, our ability to control it. What happened? He gives us the grace and he gives us the way of escape when we trust in him. So what you're facing today, you might say, well, I, you know, it's not fair. I feel overwhelmed. Let me tell you what. If God allowed it, he knows that you have the power inside of you to overcome it. If you trust him. If you trust him. Not looking to yourself. Not looking on the outside. But looking at the Lord. Let him direct you. Let him guide you. Okay? So if God brought you to it, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, God bring me through to a trial. I realize He gave me power to get through it in Jesus' name. You see, as steel is tempered in the in the forge of trials and persecution, the Lord wants to strengthen you. You strengthen your character, strengthen you on the inside. I've been through a lot of trials over my life. Let me tell you what, persecution, things coming against me. But I'll tell you right now, I stand here today, not by my might, not by my strength, but by the spirit of the living God. And some of you know my story. In the world sense, I shouldn't be here. Okay, but we're not going by the world's uh, sense. We're going by Christ and, and his kingdom. One of the third things about persecution, it enables you to be humble and get around with other believers. See, there's things that you can overcome persecution that, 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 that you won't be able to do it by yourself. You know, a lot of us, we think, oh, just me and Jesus, me and Jesus. Well, you know, that's the, that's the vertical. And well, the cross also has the horizontal. It's me, Jesus, and others. Some of you, the battle you're going through in persecution, you're trying to fight that by yourself. You need to open up your life and let others come in. That's why I love the fact that Pearlside Church in Kapolei is built on, not, not just because it's smart or we're smart enough, it's built on the Word of God that you have to be in small groups. That's where the power is. Some of you, there's a miracle and a breakthrough waiting for you, and it's in the small group. And the devil will fight you every which way to stop you from going to small group. Because he knows when you get around a band of brothers and sisters and you link arms with them and you pray, the Bible says two or more gathered in my name, you start praying, nothing will stop the will of God in your life. Some of you are in the canoe paddling by yourself and you need some guys to paddle along with you. If you'd receive that today, when you're in this pro side couple of service, you're not here just for the service. You're here for the small group. People tell me, I want to know the heart of your church. Well, let me tell you what. It's not just on Sunday. It's from Monday to Saturday in the small groups. 
That's where it's built. That's where your life comes together. But you see, when things are unfair, how do you respond? Are you quick to forgive? Are you quick to retaliate? Oh, yes. Yeah, I grew up in Kali. Retaliation. Yeah, you know, you, 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 you mob this guy, then they come and retaliate and mob you. And it goes back and forth. But now, they don't, they don't get to always fist fight. They retaliate on social media, right? People start blasting people on social media, you know? I read some of the things like, oh my gosh. You know, you, you're just letting the whole world know how you feel about that person. You see, but what happened is retaliate we can, by icing out other people. Or we scheme on how we can get back to them. You know, you ever have these thoughts where you're just so overwhelmed and exhausted, but you're thinking of ways you can, you can get back at them and you can retaliate. And God doesn't want you to waste your time and your energy on that. Sometimes we retaliate by trying to get people fired at the workplace or exclude them. Every TV series, movie you see on, it's always about retaliation. Somebody get picked on, now they rise up and they retaliate. It makes good for movies and TV, but really, it makes it very difficult for life. Because God don't want us to live like that. He wants us to live above that. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Well, we find, to my next point, um, here is uh, Saul going after David. And, and, and there was a time when he went into a cave because he wanted to relieve himself, Okay. Back then, when you relieve yourself, you go into the cave. Well, he didn't know David and his men were deeper into the cave. So he goes into the cave, and, and what happened is relieving himself. And, and David, uh, he cuts off a piece of his garment, of, of uh, Saul's garment, to let him know that he was actually there. He could have easily killed and take out Saul, but he didn't retaliate. Look at the story here in 1 Samuel 24, verse 6. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. See, David's man was saying, let's take him out right now. But David rebuked them. And Saul left the cave and went his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My Lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He said to Saul, Why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen with your own eyes how the Lord delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you. But I spared you. I said, I will not lay my hand on my Lord because he's the Lord's anointed. See, my fathers looked at this piece of your robe in my hand. I, I cut off the corner of your robe but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. You see, what happened is he responded because his response was to honor the Lord. That was David's response. See, he, David was anointed to be king when he was younger, 
but he was appointed at age 30. And all between that time, Saul is chasing him down. But you see, he honored God, and he realized he wasn't going to touch God's anointing, but he realized God allowed Saul to become king. And so he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't uh, revenge or retaliate. And some of you, you're right there right now in your life, and, and, and things are being done to you, and you can easily retaliate, or you can actually honor God and do what the Lord wants you to do. It's really to show kindness and love. You know, the Bible says it's the kindness of God in Romans chapter 2 that leads people to repentance. It's not, the, it's not the anger of God. It's not the law of God. It's the kindness of God. It's going opposite of what the world is trying to tell us to do when you choose to love someone. So we find here that David didn't retaliate. He didn't go against Saul. Although he could have killed him. There's another time you can take notes. Uh, 1 Samuel 29. He did the same thing. Saul was sleeping. He could have easily gone in and killed Saul. But this is what he said. He said in, in his heart. Uh, he said, as surely as the Lord lived. He said, the Lord himself will strike him. Or his time will come and he will die. Or, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay hands on the Lord's anointed. You see, he realized that, hey, I'm going to trust in, in, in the sovereignty of God. I'm going to, I'm going to put my faith in God. And, and then even though this just injustice is happening to me, I'm going to trust that God is going to execute justice. That's what David did. He said, he realized, hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything to take him out. But see, God, God will take him out. God will deal with him. See, you have to put your trust in God and not act in the flesh and do it on your own. You have to trust God and, and, and really look to Him. See, you know, I, I'm not saying that, oh, that we turn a blind eye to evil or enable abusers that's taking advantage of us. God gave us a justice system to appeal to. Well, back then, there was no justice system for Saul since he was the king. So David had to rely on God. He had to trust in God. Sometimes the justice system fails us. We have to look to God. We got to look to the, the greater judge that's over the judges of our country. Look to him and really trust him. When we trust in the Lord to bring justice, we don't retaliate, but instead we do good, even to those who are mistreat us. The Bible tells in Romans 12, verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, when you do the right thing and you show kindness and love, burning coals on the head of them, it's like there'll be a conviction that will come into their lives that what they're doing is wrong. Because even in spite of what they've done to you, you choose to love them and show kindness. There's a guy in one of my small groups, uh, uh, you know, people ask, when I say that, they're trying to figure, which, which guy? Well, I have a lot of small groups, okay? So, but what happened was well, he's an IT guy. I don't know how he ended up in my group, but, you know, I guess God knew I needed an IT guy in my small group, yeah? 
But what happened was he was at a workplace and, and, and they asked him to train this guy. So he trained this new guy and the, he trained him and he find out that the guy becomes his boss. You ever had that kind of situation? Well, what happened, this guy stopped taking advantage of him. Stop pouring his work, not even working, pouring all the work over to him. He's getting overwhelmed and, and he's getting all bent out of shape. And so he'll come to the small group and, and, and just kind of pour out his heart to us. And so the guy said, hey, let's pray. Let's pray for God's will here. What is God, you know, what is God trying to do in you? What is God trying to do in that guy? What, what's the situation? So we start to pray. Well, let me tell you what, this went on for two years. And all the time he wanted to retaliate, but the small group held him accountable not to retaliate, to be Jesus to him. Because the reality, some people, that the only Jesus they will ever see is the Jesus in you and I. So I said, no, you, you, you do the right thing. So he continued to do the right thing. And this guy, this guy just take advantage of him. But you know that when you trust God and his justice, God will intervene. Some of us, we, 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 we intervene, we get in the way of God, but we want to do it. We're going to trust, let God intervene. Oh, someone need to hear that today. Let God intervene. Stop trying to be Lord in that area. Let Jesus be Lord in that area. Well, long story short, that guy got removed. He got let go. And what happened was that guy who trained him and took all the abuse because of his faithfulness to God, God promoted him. And he became the boss in that, in that office. See, I told him, that would never happen if you didn't show kindness and the love of God to that person. See, wherever you are today, let me tell you what, when you're going through it, it's not the end. God is not, it's not over until when say, God says it's over. But you have to let the Lord work in the situation. Because what is meant for evil that's coming against you, we know in the scriptures, in Joseph's life, we talked about the last uh, series, that God can turn it around for your good. But you got to hang in there. Tell the person next to you, hang in there. you got to hang in there. When the going get tough, the tough get going. you got to hang in there. My last point here is we can endure mistreatment with forgiveness by following the example of Christ. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, therefore, as God... Cho How many of you are God's chosen people this morning? Come on now. Holy, oh yes, and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have, any, have a grievance against someone... Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on. Somebody say, put on. Put on love, which binds them together in perfect you. I'm glad you're here this morning. You put on clothes before you came to church. But sometimes we've got to put on love. We've got to put on kindness. Oh, Pastor, because I'm not feeling kind right now. Man, I, I want to give the guy a four-knuckle sandwich, you know. I give him the five-fold ministry. Boom, 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 you know. No, but hey, you choose. You put on. See, when you put on love and kindness, God begins to shape your heart. He changes your heart. See, the reality, only God can change your heart. 
But when you begin to submit your life to God and say, Lord, I don't feel like being kind and loving to this person who's mistreating me. I'm going to put it on, God. Put it, put it. Tell the person next to you, put it on. You got to put on love. You got to put on. Now, some of you got to tell your spouse that. Put on love. Put on love. You wasn't too loving this morning when we came to church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know I'm preaching to the right crowd now. Yeah, yeah. Put it on. You can still put it on right now. <laughs> I think your spouse would thank me for that. <laughs> put it on, yeah. You see, Jesus, he didn't retaliate. I mean, they ripped his beard off. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They whipped him. He was bleeding and dying, and then he went to the cross, and, 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 and he hung there on the cross. I mean, he could have snapped his fingers, and 12 legions of angels would have come and wiped everybody out, and he, he would just be okay. But you see, he knew he came for a purpose to die. And even though they were being mean and mistreating him, they say when he hung on the cross, he wasn't recognizable. That's our Lord. He, he, he showed us not to retaliate. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He set the example for us to follow. And some of us, when we do that, let me tell you, God does something amazing in and through our lives. When Jesus did that, he gives us the power to do that. You know, he was meek. There's a difference between meekness and weakness. Meekness is strength under control. When you have the power to retaliate, but I'm not going to retaliate because I want to be like Jesus. I want to have meekness, not weakness, meekness. And I tell you what, God will honor you. In whatever situation you're in, he will honor you when you allow him to do that. I have a closing story of this guy, Jacob DeShazer. He was, um, he was around the time when Pearl Harbor got bombed. He was part of the United States Army Air Force. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Jacob DeShazer flew in the infamous Doolittle raid on Tokyo. But after his plane went down, he was caught and he was, he was a POW in the Japanese camp and was mistreated, tortured, and starved. Three of his crew were executed and another died of, sl of slow starvation. DeShazer had deep hatred for the Japanese people. Deep hatred. But God is provincial, and because God is sovereign, DeShazer received the Bible while he was in the POW camp, and he read it. He read it, and he realized that he needed to repent, and he had to give his life to Christ. So he gave his life to the Lord while he was in the POW camp. He started to walk with Jesus. He began to share even with the people in the, in, in, in the uh, prison. Well, he got let go. He went, he went back home. But he realized that he wanted to share the gospel with people. He began to preach the gospel and pray for sick people. He chose to forgive the Japanese people who, who held him in the POW camps. He began being kind to them. And, he, and what happened is one of the guys who was, a, who, was, who was treating him mean, he gave his life to the Lord. So when the war ended, you know, the Seizure returned home, but he felt a strong tug to go back to Japan. 
A time not to drop bombs, but to preach the gospel. He preached to thousands as a former enemy now come to share the love of God with them. One of the men who came to faith through Deshazer's ministry was the man who actually um, was the guy who was in charge of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Mitsuo Fuchida. And what he did, he got a hold of one of uh, uh, the tracks of, of the, that was given out of the story of Deshazer. And he read that and he realized, I need to get a Bible. But he was dealing with a lot of guilt and condemnation. And as he read the Bible, he got saved. He met with Deshazer. The two became friends. And they preached the gospel together across Japan and the U.S. Two men on opposite sides of a war now fighting to spread the love of God together. How did that happen? Because both of them had an encounter with Jesus. They didn't just have a religious experience. They had a relationship with Jesus. So intense that he transformed them in the way they looked at the world around them. They began to forgive those that mistreated them. And now they're being together. Uh, they preach the gospel. You know, these sins went, went home to be with the Lord, both of them. But, but I want to just say that because that's an amazing story of people who are being mistreated but made a decision when they encountered Jesus, and they chose to forgive, they chose to put on love, put on grace, put on mercy, put on kindness, and the rest is history. Because when you do that, man, let me tell you what, you become a person that can be used of God to change the world around you.